Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host, Gary Hartman. Gary's feeling pretty good after the Houston trash strows. Oh, I like that. <laughs> We're taking out <laughs> in game six of the World Series. Your Atlanta Braves, the the, uh, the collective, <laughs> they close it out in game six. They get the job done. Uh, I haven't m- watched much baseball postseason action. Gary, how you feeling after Houston uh, lost tonight? Anytime you can see those Astros go out on their home field, it is beautiful. I watched, I loved watching Yuli Gurriel make the last out, his head down in the dugout. Uh, Mazel tov to the Atlanta Braves. I say Mazel tov because two Jews now have World Series rings. Congratulations to Max Fried and Jock Peterson. And uh, overall, just just exciting stuff for Atlanta. I, I know those Atlanta fans uh, have had a rough go of it since the uh, Falcons game, obviously the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. So uh, they 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 deserve the title and uh, a lot of fun young players on Atlanta. So good good for them. Congratulations to the Braves. Well, why why don't we just start there? The the Atlanta Braves, they're World Series champions now. The baseball season has wrapped up as we're finally uh, we're underway in the NBA. NFL season is halfway halfway through, I guess, kind of ish. Now that we've got you know an extra yeah. game on the schedule, it's it's halfway through the season, if you will. What do we, what should we take away from the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series and, and any interesting hobby names we should keep our eyes on over the next weeks, months, and beyond? Yeah, so actually, you know, a, a lot of interesting takeaways here, and some of these names we've spoken about a little bit on this podcast, uh, but we could give them more more time, you know, time of day right now. Obviously, I think actually the biggest storyline of all of this is that they did it without Ronald Acuna, right? Who is arguably the best young player in baseball right up there in that big three we spoke about before the season, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, right up there, Fernando Tatis and Vlad Jr. And uh, he was hurt. He got hurt in the middle of the season. We talked about it when it happened on the show, buying strategies for Acuna, selling strategies for Acuna, all that. Meanwhile, Atlanta's just sitting there making their run quietly and in the season with 88 wins about and didn't matter to them. They just dominated the postseason, walked right through. And that's because they had a great roster. They made a fantastic move at the deadline, uh, scooping up who is now World Series MVP, Jorge Soler from the Kansas City Royals. Uh, you know, that really helped carry them. But I think the most important name here is Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman, who I think locked himself into the Hall of Fame probably uh, with this win. He has been a generational uh, first baseman for the better part of a decade. He was out of that 2011 tops rookie class. So we are literally 10 years of him being, you know, pretty much an elite first baseman, both defensive and hitting first baseman. Yeah, he, the, the city of Atlanta loves him. You know, I mentioned kind of tongue in cheek in our last episode, how he just hasn't had the hobby love that I think he should for kind of the player he's been throughout his career. But, you know, that's just kind of me comparing him to some of the other, you know, uh, of his peers. If you really look, I mean, there's some of that 2011 uh, top stuff there. He that was the year of the diamond anniversary tops. So you can get some really fun foils and parallels of him. That stuff sells really well. But his just base tops 2011 rookie card is a pop of 994. It's up 15% in the last two weeks while they started making this run, which you're happy to see. But it's still only a $235 card at a pop under a thousand. I think that is plenty of room to grow as this kind of you know legacy defining win solidifies for somebody like Freddie Freeman, who is by far the face of that team and that franchise. So I think he's just a much safer buy now for as an investment piece. Uh, of Freddie Freeman, that's that's kind of where I where I look at him. Um, yeah, I mean this this team theoretically they get Ronald Acuna back next year at yeah. some point coming off the injury. I, I can't imagine they're any worse than they were this year. No. So and the certainly way- certainly going to be some short term and long term perspective for for a guy like Freddie Freeman who is yep. as you mentioned may have solidified himself as a Hall of Famer. 
going to be playing for in meaningful games, uh, you know, playing for more World Series, hopefully, in the years to come with Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies and all these young guys that you mentioned. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just just a great card. It's it's a it's a paper card that you mentioned, but two hundred thirty five dollars for a pop under a thousand for one of the game's best players. Don't think you can go wrong there. No, exactly. And, you know, just to circle back to Acuna quickly, I think the best comparison point for for something like this, where his team, you know, just won the World Series without their best player was Bryce Harper uh, having the Nationals won the year after he left uh, a couple of years ago. Now, obviously, the difference here is Acuna is still on the team. He's still young. He's not in danger of leaving like Harper had just done. Um, you know, if you're a Bill Simmons listener, I don't know if we have the Ewing theory uh, going on here where, <laughs> where you know, the, the, the team immediately gets better after the player stops listening. I, I'm not willing to subscribe to any of that with the CUNY. If anything, I think, hey, this Braves team has momentum. They have a great young roster and they're getting a top five player in baseball back next year. Acuna is still a plenty safe investment, if you ask me. Um, you know, he, he was in the dugout celebrating with his teammates. You're happy to see it. So, you know, this Braves team, they're, they're, they're rec- going to be reckoned with for years to come here because, you know, we mentioned Freeman, we mentioned Acuna, but they got a bunch of young guys. Uh, I briefly mentioned Solaire, I think he's an interesting name. He's, uh, I think, late 20s at this point. But, um, you know, he's a two-time World Series champ now because he was on the 2016 Cubs team. He led the AL in home runs back in 2019. Um, now he's an, a World Series MVP. So, you know, bad job on me for not bringing him up earlier. But just probably, you know, all that stuff. He's a power hitter now, you know, multiple-time World Series champion. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that does ultimately draw uh, some hobby love. So, you know, he's a 40 home run plus type power guy. He's had a 2015 tops, 2012 Bowman. Uh, that stuff's held in check. You know, I, I was just taking a look. There's some auctions ending over the next 24 hours. I'm sure it's going to hit uh, obviously some new highs there, but mm-hmm. he's just a name to keep in mind for sure because uh, power hitting, you know, World Series MVP at this point for Solaire. Yeah, I want to circle back to Acuna, and I agree with your your Solaire point, but I want to circle back to Acuna because we've when we've talked baseball, which which has been pretty infrequent uh, over the course of the last couple of months, but when we when we have talked baseball, we've mentioned Acuna's name. We talked baseball last week with uh, Noah from I Got It, so check out that episode if you guys haven't yet. I Got It's got an amazing product that they've recently launched for NFTs surrounding some of these high end baseball players, Vlad and Tatis and Acuna and these guys. Um, but we mentioned there his his card outlook and what it would do coming off the injury over the last six months it is down 39 percent, but it's been relatively flat over the last three months his bowman chrome that's got a pop count of 6466 is sitting right around 275 280 dollars right now i don't i mean do, are we going to see that that price drop anymore and what what type of acuna cards are you looking at if you are buying in the offseason before he returns from injury yeah, I don't think we're going to see that price drop too much more. I mean, I think at this point we have a pretty big sample size since that injury where it's kind of leveled off now. And I think it's a fine buy as long as it's down because, um, you know, yeah, could it go down a little bit more if like you hear he suffers a setback in his rehab or something like that? Maybe he's not ready for opening day. Yeah, stuff like that could happen. It might dip a little bit, but I think you'll be you'll be comfortable buying in at the price that it's at right now. And, um, you know, I the other thing about that is I don't think that pop is going to go up too much more. Now, obviously, it's still a modern card with the you said it was in the 6000s, the twenty. 17 Bowman Chrome, just the base. But I don't see that card kind of really, really. I mean, maybe there's some still orders coming back with that card in, but I think it's going to be settling in around that six to eight thousand range in the pop count. So I think that's a fine number for a guy that has, um, you know, Mike Trout upside as far as you know hobby love and production on the field. So I'm fine buying uh, Cunha through this offseason for sure. All right. Anyone else on the Braves we need to talk about, or can we on the Astros side, the losing side, can we completely ignore? 
the Houston Astros at this yeah, point. Yeah, oh no, the Astros get none of our love today. We're, <laughs> we're not talking about them. But, um, you know, we, I mentioned Ozzy Albies on the show a couple weeks ago that I was loving his Tops paper and Tops Chrome because they were like $20 and $40 cards, uh, which is out of 2018 Tops. That guy, again, stud, young kid, switch hitting second baseman who's going to be a part of this Astros, uh, sorry, Astros Braves core for a long time now. And if you can still scoop that card up for 30 to 40 bucks, that Tops Chrome, I love that card still. Uh, I bought a couple of them actually, you know, at the beginning of this playoff run, as, as I had mentioned. So that's somebody that I think is is good. And credit where credit is due to former number one overall prospect, Dansby Swanson. We spoke about him really early on in this show as an example of just kind of the way the baseball market moves. And, you know, if you were one of those people that bought in way, way, you know, after kind of people wrote him off as, you know, just being an everyday player, but not kind of that elite prospect, you know, really good season for Atlanta. He hit the game tying uh, home run in game four, really to, uh, you know, put Atlanta on the back. He's, he's, he's kind of won over the hearts of the Braves fan base. He's from right outside Atlanta. So I think he's really found a home here. And as a former top prospect, shortstop, good looking kid. Um, I think that's, you know, a guy whose career is kind of really heading in the right direction. So Swanson stuff still compared to what, when it really came out when that 2015 Bowman, when like he was getting all the hype, you had to pay up at that time. I think he could still grab that at an affordable price. And he's now a world series champion. And, and I think, uh, has a home there in, in Atlanta as the everyday shortstop for a while. All right, guys, ignore the Astros. Keep an eye on Swanson, Albies, Acuna, Soler, <laughs> Freddie Freeman, all these big names. On Austin the, Riley um, as well. Austin Riley was the yeah. rookie from last year. Big, you know, great, had a great overall season. He's got a bright future, too. So hey, a lot of big names. That is enough baseball, because as I mentioned, we're about halfway through the NFL season. NBA season is kicking off. I think we've got two weeks or so under our belt. Gary knows much better about tonight. that. As two weeks tonight, Tuesday, two Grinding. Tuesdays ago. Grinding his face off, trying to get projections right, doing top plays, doing live shows. If you guys aren't subscribed to the Establish the Run NBA product, incredible, incredible product. I'm not in a legal sports betting state, but I know you guys are crushing it with props. I know you guys are crushing it with DFS. I've been trying to get my single entry lineup in every night. Uh, really appreciating the product. But but before we get into more NBA talk, we've got some victory laps to take, Gary. Hell yeah. Some, some damn fine victory laps to take i'm gonna let you take the take the floor here with our guy rj barrett why should yeah. we be excited about rj at this point well one rowan barrett jr um of the new york knickerbockers is taking a third year leap folks there's no doubt about it yeah we may only be seven games into the season yada 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 i don't give a crap no the guy, no the sample guy, sizes be damned yay. we are taking this victory lap on and you know RJ why they be damned because go watch the entire second half of last year when he became a 40 percent three-point shooter Hell and became yeah. an all-around good team player and a fantastic defender um you know the man is absolutely crushing the last couple games two games ago against new orleans he had what 35 points uh eight eight boards six assists something like that uh, and just completely dominated the second half looked like a star is scoring around the rim this year, guys. That was always the, the trouble with him. Even last year when he got his three-point efficiency up, he was having trouble finishing around the rim. That looks to be what he improved upon this offseason alongside with his defensive prowess, which was already good and is becoming elite. Uh, he's, you know, they're, uh, he's the Knicks are putting him on their opposing stars night in, night out. He shut down Jason Tatum against when Boston was in there, the home opener. Um, you know, he's just really becoming a two-way star. He's averaging 18. Uh, what, what is he averaging right now? Uh, Sorry, I was looking at his per 36 numbers there. Uh, he's got, yeah, eight, 18, 18 points a game. Yep. Uh, 18.6 points a game right now. You know, almost six rebounds, three assists. But, uh, you know, shooting 43% from three right now and over 51% from the field. And his usage, we Cody and I were just talking off air, his usage hasn't even gone really up yet compared to last year. So 
I think, and his, but his efficiency is through is, is off the charts. You know, again, we have to keep in mind the guy just had his first sip of alcohol this off season. So um, he's, he's only 21 years old. Um, just, just absolutely crushing it. You know how, you know, how Cody and I feel about RJ, but I just want to say, take, when you watch the Knicks, just, just keep an eye on RJ, man. He, he, he I, there's, a, you know, knock on wood, barring, you know, injury or something like that. There's no reason to think that this third year leap won't keep up. So just super pumped about RJ Barrett. Yeah, I think there's still so much upside. So, so, so much upside left on RJ. I think he can, I mean, he's he's obviously got one of the bigger ceilings for a guy that's 20, 21 years old right now. His his base, uh, excuse me, his silver PSA 10 is up about 15% over the last three months. But we've seen that stuff settle in recently. So I think that that is a pretty good price to grab on one RJ Barrett. Very excited about this guy. As you mentioned, the usage rate hasn't even gone up this year. It's in fact down from last year. So I think as this guy has continuously made a, a larger point of the Knicks offense as he continues to grow and age and become more mature, man, I think we really we really hit this one out of the park on RJ. Yeah, and check out the uh, at Established a Collection Instagram. After he put up that 35-point performance, I put a couple of my RJ PC cards up on there, just a handful in one uh, little montage there just to, to celebrate our boy. So um, at Established a Collection on Instagram. But yeah, RJ's, RJ's really, really pumping, you know, pu- you know, really getting going here, and we're really excited about that. Knicks are 5-2, and two, so I'm really happy to have that. Baseball's behind us. It's all football and basketball ahead. And, and, and UFC's hot right now too, Cody, isn't it? Oh, baby. Oh baby, are we done with RJ? Because yeah, I can go RJ, for my. Let's go, R- RJ. RJ, here's to RJ. But let's uh, let's let's give a round of applause to our boy Cody Main, who's been been calling this for months. Cody, what happened this past weekend? My boy, one Hamzat Chemaev went out and absolutely dominated in the ring in the octagon. But that wasn't even the most exciting thing for me. For anyone that that understands the UFC, for anyone that's bet on the UFC, for anybody that's bought UFC cards in the past, if you know Conor McGregor, if you know any of these names, you know that personality matters. You know that stardom matters. You know that being a king in this sport matters. And that is exactly what Hamzat Chemaev went out and did on Saturday when he dismantled Li Jinglang, as I said he would three months ago. Literally three months ago. Literally three months ago, episode 14, I think I said off air that that I was mentioning that I was buying this guy. And the only regret that I have is that I didn't buy enough because this dude is an absolute star in the making. And I'm not sure he's ever going to lose again. Um, I don't know know what to say at this point. He was a I think he was a minus 350 favorite when we talked about him. Some super, super early lines. He got steamed to minus 600 before the fight was very obvious, very obvious he was going to win. I don't think there were any, uh, any, anyone out there that was saying that Kamzat was going to lose. But again, as I mentioned, you've got to be a star in this sport. You can't just go out and win. Even, even someone like Khabib, you know, the, the second biggest name probably in the hobby behind Connor from a USC perspective, you have to have some personality or you just simply have to be the greatest. And I think that there is some possibility uh, obviously it's still very early. He's only had four UFC fights, 10 and 0 in his professional career. I still think it's very early, but I think there is some case to be made that this guy is a Khabib level fighter. As I mentioned on Twitter, he's a Khabib level fighter with a Conor McGregor level personality. And if you have that combination added to the fact that this is the first year prism product, uh, for a rookie, the premier rookie in this class, 
I think that this stuff just has so, so, so much room to grow. I think that we're already seeing as hard as it is to get your hands on these cards. I think that we're already seeing that the prism stuff at least was fairly short printed. I don't think they went nuts with the print runs on the prism stuff. Now the select and the chronicles that's come out since then, you can make the case you're seeing more of those auctions go fairly cheap, obviously lower end products. Some of that stuff, you can make the case that maybe they they got a little bit carried away as those products came out after the fact and saw the steam on some of this 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 UFC love. But man, this this short printed parallel prism serial numbered colored refractor stuff, I'm trying to cobble up as much of that as I can right now. So as I mentioned, Hamzad is four and zero in his UFC career. He has taken one strike. He's absorbed one significant strike in four fights. He's finished all four of his fights three of them in the first round, one of them in the second round. I, I don't know what more there is to say from a actual fighting perspective for this guy. That was uh, Li Jing Lang was the number 11th ranked welterweight. I think Hamzat's going to fight again very soon uh, within like the next 45 days probably. Uh, and I think he's going to dismantle that guy. I'll we'll talk about that in a second. And then I think from there, it's going to be these, these big named main event type fights with guys like Nate Diaz, guys like Jorge yeah, Masvidal. Yeah, the Nate Diaz love. Yeah. Uh, maybe even a, a shot against Colby Covington to, you know, become kind of the number one contender if assuming and we've got another big fight this weekend with between Usman and and Colby Covington. Assuming Usman takes care of business, which I expect him to, maybe you have Hamza fighting against Colby Covington to kind of, you know, become the de facto number one contender in the division. And then from there, it's going to be title fights. And, you know, I would imagine that Usman is a favorite against against Hamzat obviously he probably should be but he is live to win that fight and once he does if he does then it's it's you know he's got the title at 170 maybe he moves up to 185 maybe he's got double title I mean the the ceiling on this guy from a fighting perspective is crazy but getting back to the larger point on why the hobby love went where it did after that fight is the personality is matching what he's doing in the octagon. That was one one of the concerns that I had when I was investing so heavily this off this this summer was he he he's kind of just this cold-blooded killer like we've seen fighters like Khabib be, like we've seen other guys in the past be. But man, some of those press conferences that we saw before the fight, some of those press conferences that we saw after the fight, I posted a bunch of them on Twitter uh, if you haven't seen them yet. But he he's he's starting to develop a little bit of a personality. And to me, it seems pretty clear that he's either being coached um, by people in his camp or he's being coached and prepped from people within the UFC to be kind of the next king, uh, uh, next face of the UFC. So I'm I'm very excited about one Hamzat Shemaev. Yeah, man, it's awesome. You, you, I think you covered all the bases. I was going to ask you what's next for him. I'm seeing uh, this Nate Diaz rumors. Uh, you know, yeah. I know there's big, there's going to be big fights in his future, and the the sky is the limit. And uh, you know, great, great advice to listeners. I hope you all listen to Cody about about Hamzat, Hamzat, like a huh. Like, yeah, uh, you nailed it. I mean, you're better than I am. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, uh, I, when we first talked about him, I butchered his name so bad that when we ran the clip on socials, I had to, like, clip out me butchering his name the first time. <laughs> no, we don't have receipts on that. Oh, God. Uh, but no, you. I, I mentioned the fight. Uh, so Neil Magny, I think, is the seventh or eighth ranked fighter in the welterweight division, and he had a bout scheduled for December 18th. And his fighter had to drop out. His opponent had to drop out due to injury. So I, he called out, Neil Magny called out Hamzat in probably the most respectful way possible, saying, you know, he's legit. He's the real deal. I want to, you know, I want to get a shot against this guy. So um, you have a number six, number seven, whatever he is, ranked fighter calling out someone who is, you know, 
four fights into his UFC career and basically saying, Hey, he's legit. He's the real deal. I know that, I know that things may not end well for me, but I want to, <laughs> I want to give this kid a shot. Um, so I think Hamzat will either end up fighting him, um, or as you mentioned, Nate Diaz, but I think the next fight is coming soon. I mean, usually you don't see these turnarounds this quickly for UFC fighters. Usually there's, there's quite a layoff in another camp and maybe they fight a couple times per year. Um, but you know, the fact that he's not absorbing any damage really is going to allow him to fight as much as he's, as, as he wants. And, uh, I have, I have very few questions about what he's capable of doing in the octagon at this point. Now it just becomes, you know, is, is he going to reach that next cultural icon level of someone right. like Khabib, someone like Conor McGregor and, and will his, all the prism stuff that I've been buying and all the prism stuff that I'm suggesting you guys go out and buy, will it kind of reach that next, uh, echelon of, of truly iconic stuff? Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm excited to watch his career grow now as well. And, you know, he's got an impressionable face. He kind of looks like a distorted Khabib uh, a little bit. You know, <laughs> he's got the same beard and he's, he's he, he leaves he leaves a mark. Literally. Yeah, yeah he's he's uh, he's pretty unforgettable. If you guys haven't watched any of his press conferences, if, you, if you're kind of just a fringe UFC fan, because we've been talking about it on the, on the podcast, I, I recommend just going and checking out a few of his podcasts. He's uh, or a few of his of his press conferences. He's a he's a pretty funny guy, has uh, obviously some dry humor as he's trying to kind of translate all of his uh, his insights and his thoughts into English. And he's just, I, I don't know what other way to put it. He's just kind of a cold-blooded killer and, and that's his personality and that's the way it comes across. But uh, it's, he's a very, very, very interesting fighter. Nice, man. Good, good, good work there. That's, uh, that's, that's it for our victory lap as we're, we're 20 minutes in. Yeah, this we, uh, is, Gary, this is a forward thinking show, right? This yeah. is a forward thinking show. We're not here to gloat. We're not here to talk no. about the money that we've made and the cards that we're holding in our collection. Um, so with that said, why don't we move on to some week eight takeaways, some week yes. eight thoughts in the NFL, because we skipped last week. A lot has happened since then. I think we're finally seeing some separation in the MVP race. We're finally seeing some separation in the Super Bowl race. Patrick Mahomes kind of looks like a pumpkin. I don't know what to make of the Chiefs situation. Talk to me about the hobby as we're the NFL hobby as we're now eight weeks through the NFL season. Yeah, what you mean? It's things are weird. Where Mike White is the <laughs> best quarterback in the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes is is one of the worst right now. And Mike White is on is the the biggest riser in, of in the hobby, and Patrick Mahomes is the biggest uh, loser. Uh, what is going on? Um, it's fun, man. Football's fun, and you know tomorrow night we have a fantastic Thursday night game featuring Mike White. And uh, what what could what could go wrong? No, man. It's uh, fo- you know I think as a whole the football card market seems pretty strong to me still. Um, as you mentioned, I think besides the the Chiefs kind of just completely laying eggs so far this season, uh, most of the big dogs, Brady, Rogers, Josh Allen, you know, both of both of the big quarterbacks and, and big dogs are performing up to standards, which you like to see. Um, no more undefeated teams in the NFL, right? The Cardinals took their first L on last Thursday night against Green Bay. Um, you know, maybe slightly putting an imprint on the Kyler MVP case, but he's still, you know, having himself a great season. Uh, just some interesting stuff going all around uh, on all around. And as you mentioned, we're we're not really halfway through because of it's kind of we have 18 weeks or only eight. So we, you know, we're like 40-ish, 40 something plus percent of the way through the season. So it's a lot of stories still to be written, but um, you know, it's been been a fun NFL season so far. I think we're we're kind of at that point in the NFL season, right? Where if you're you know making bets via sports card purchases, via uh, you know whether it be fractional or whether it be through eBay markets, things of that nature, you're you're kind of deciding whether you're making a long term play on a guy that maybe started the, the the season off slow, maybe a guy that's been down, maybe a guy that was even uh, out with injury, or you're making a bet short term on a guy that you think 
could potentially win the MVP and you're flipping at the end of the season, something like that. Uh, <clears throat> any any interesting names that stand out to you, whether it be on the short or long-term front of guys that you're you're trying to buy right now at this point, almost halfway through the NFL season? Yeah, if I can afford it, I'm buying Mahomes up right now. Um, love it. I love just that. Because, yeah. you know, I, th- listen, there's a, I get the Chiefs are are – it's disappointing what's happening with the Chiefs right now. There's no doubt about it. Guys, it's hard to have sustained greatness in the NFL. It really is. I mean, they should have made the Super Bowl three years in a row if there wasn't a, a D4 jumping off sides, right, or whatever. And, um, yeah, it, that's hard to do. Uh, clearly, the the NFL's figured them out a little bit. Their offensive line still the – the fixed offensive line that was supposed to be fixed really hasn't been, yeah. uh, right? And their defense can't stop a leak. And Mahomes has not helped matters, right? He's turning the ball over at a much higher rate than we've ever seen him do so before. But to me, we know we the, the, the talent is unquestioned. I mean, the MVP is already there. The Super Bowl ring is already there. He will be back at those great standards at some point. And even if he doesn't, even if he's Dan Marino for the rest of his career and he never wins another Super Bowl, he's still going to end up finishing as a top like 70 quarterback of all time as long as he doesn't get hurt. So like to me, to me, um, you know, he's down just looking at, I just threw up his optic 2017 rated rookie, um, you know, sold $1,200 card as a PSA 10, but that's down, uh, you know, over the last month, 24 freaking percent, you know, like if you can afford some of this stuff, I don't know how long this chief's bleeding is going to happen. It's almost impossible to predict. They just, they were able to beat my giants last night. Not surprising. Jason Garrett's terrible. Um, but you know, I, I think it's as safe as a buy if you can afford it as there is for somebody that's going to be dipping this much. So it's obvious play to me. Uh, I, I'm doing a little bit, you know, I, 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 I can't be spending too much money tying up too much money right now in a card that I would consider a long-term play. Cause obviously that is what it is, but where I can fit in, I get in where I fit in with Mahomes right now for sure. Yeah. 24% on his optic, his, you know, the, the kind of the flagship card is 2017 prism, which obviously, you know, comes from that, that class where the base card was the silver cards just has a pop of 880 guys like yep. if 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 the, that card has a pop of 880 right now i don't see it going much higher even as psa no. works through this backlog probably a sub 1000 pop um for for the long run that card is also down 24% over the last 6 months so yeah, as you mentioned if you're if you're in if you have the funds and this card is a $7000 card and this is maybe where you get into the fractional side of things this thing is down 24 25% over the last 6 months this is probably the best quarterback that we have ever seen, probably the best quarterback that we saw over the last two years for sure. And now we have a seven, eight-game sample of him not being so great and this offense not being so great. Maybe they don't figure it out this year, uh, but I'm kind of betting on Mahomes. I'm betting on Tyreek Hill. I'm betting on Andy Reid. I'm betting on this front office to kind of figure this thing out long-term. And maybe they take some lumps uh, over the next couple of months still. Maybe they don't get right. Maybe they don't even make the playoffs. But, but – you know, if you want to bet long term, and that's kind of where we're at in this point of the season, where we're trying to trying to just make some bets and pick off some players that have have sunk in value that we still believe in, then that's definitely a guy that I would I would love to buy up right now. And now, and that's why now is such an interesting time to buy because, um, what they're four and four, they're mm-hmm. three, they so they're five hundred. They did not look impressive in this last win against the Giants. No, but, but you don't know when they're just they might just turn it on, and it could never happen, right? Like I could be giving you bad advice, and they could keep slipping, and they could be four and seven, and um, you know, that was the right time to buy when he's down 35, 40%. But again, we, Cody and I have been saying this from the start. We're not in the business of trying to, you know, pinpoint the bottoms. Uh, I, I think now is a very strong time to buy Patrick Mahomes. Like I'm, I don't, and you know, you know, guys know me probably from listening to this podcast for a while. I don't definitively sit here and say 
buy, buy, buy right now. I'm pretty much at the point with Mahomes that I, I think I, I could say that. I feel very comfortable buying him right now. What about on the complete opposite end of the spectrum? As it looks like the Buffalo Bills are for real on both sides of the ball. You've got Josh Allen, who is now, you know, prohibitive favorite, if you will, for an NFL MVP. As assuming they take care of business to close out the season, I would imagine that he is the NFL's MVP. I think they've got a legitimate shot to win a Super Bowl after making an AFC championship game last year. His cards haven't grown much recently. He's up about 9% over the last 90 days on his Prism base stuff that's got a pop count of about 1200 sitting right around $930. If people are holding Mahomes, or excuse me, if people are holding Josh Allen, if people have fractional shares of Josh Allen cards, what are we doing with Josh Allen at this point? Um, you know, I'm holding until we get a little bit further into the season at the very least. I, yeah, I'm comfortable if you're holding on long-term cause I've talked about this in the past as well. I'm, I'm a believer in Josh Allen for sure, but, um, I think you're going to have more prime selling windows than you do right now. As you said, he's kind of stayed a little bit stagnant over the last couple of months. If he remains in this MVP race, if the bills remain a Super Bowl contender, uh, we're in, we're beginning of November right now. I think you're going to see that January time, uh, look like a really good time to, uh, to, to possibly look to offload some of your Josh Allen, if that's what you're looking to do. Um, again, I, I have no problem holding as well, but if you need the funds, if you're trying to maximize short-term, mid, mid-term profit on somebody in, in maybe the pinnacle peak of their career, potentially at, you know, at the helm of a number one seat or whatever it may be. Um, you know, We saw this happen with Aaron Rodgers last year when he kind of came into focus that he was going to win MVP. I don't know if that's going to happen with Josh Allen, but in that kind of January timeframe where he started, saw some peaks. So I think that's kind of where where you're looking for Josh Allen if you are going to sell this season. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that based off of their remaining schedule, based off of the way that that team looks selling right now in November, kind of uh, as they're going to peak towards the latter part of the season and potentially push for a Super Bowl seems seems unwise to sell at this point. I think you're going to, like you said, you're going to have better windows later on this season. Shifting from some of these more established guys, some of these guys that we have a little bit more data on, couple of guys coming off a couple of rough weeks. What about some of these rookies from last year's class with Justin Herbert coming off uh, two straight losses? I believe lost last week against the Patriots at home. Uh, and then, man, your guy and uh, your guy and mine, Joe Burrow, losing to uh, future face of the NFL, Mike White, uh, the New York Jets. Not great. As Gary flashes a blue prism scope out of 99. Yeah, four out of 99. Just a this beautiful, guy. a beautiful, beautiful card. I texted, I texted, texted Cody it. this morning. I have no idea I had this. <laughs> I was going through a box of football, and um, I have this Mike White prism card, which I brought out, obviously, because I got to make some moves on it right now. You know if what? He, this just brings up a larger point. Never, never sell, because there's always going to be a time when Mike White is the starting quarterback of the New York Jets, and he knocks off Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, and you're going to be able to sell it for 10x or 100x, whatever, whatever you would have been able to sell it for. Yeah, <laughs> when, me, when let, you pulled let's, it, so. let's take both sides of that real quick, though. For Burrow, I'm still bullish on him uh, sure. this season. I think the Bengals, we have a big, pretty big enough uh, sample size at this point to know that they're at least not playing around from a competitive standpoint. You know, I, I don't know if they're going to be leading the AFC North. Uh, you know, I guess I think they're in second now behind Baltimore after that loss, but they, I think they'll be around that wild card discussion at the very least. I think they went into 
uh, MetLife this past this past weekend and completely just overthought their opponent. We're probably looking ahead in the schedule. And then Mike <laughs> White also happened. So you had all those things up where Mike White, uh, you know, became John Elway for for a minute. And you know that they they just play down to their competition. So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, you know, every quarterback's allowed a bad loss here or there. Very encouraged to see the way Burrow had really been starting to throw the ball, look, you know, get his feet back underneath him over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, having Jamar Chase, his college buddy, and the clear rookie of the year favorite at this point helps. Um, you know, I, you guys know I was buying a little bit of Burrow in the offseason. I'm still waiting for those right windows to sell uh, some of that stuff this season. But again, he's somebody that I feel pretty good about holding on to as well. So not too concerned there. Uh, Mike White's an interesting test case in the hobby, right? So, yes. um, you know, he, he was out of this 2018 prison class, you could see. See there. Um, when I don't know, he was undrafted. When was he drafted? Drafted like fifth round or something like that. I don't even have that in front of me. Yeah, fifth round. Fifth. I'm reading the back of the card. Fifth Incredible. round in 2018. Um, and was obviously drafted by Dallas. Finds mm -hmm. his way to be the New York Jets backup and gets called up to the big stage and looks a million times better than Zach Wilson ever did. Yep. And I mean, it was no joke. This guy was making all the throws with freaking Denzel Mims and Braxton Berrios. Um, you know, a lot of checks down to Michael Carter, who's a good little player himself, but it's really, really, really impressive stuff. 400 yards. He was the, the number one quarterback on the fantasy slate, number one quarterback on the entire slate. And let's see how real it was, because tomorrow night he's got a game against Indy. That, that's in Indy, Cody? Is that? In Indy, they're 10 and a half point dogs. I'm, yeah. I'm halfway through writing this game up. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You, as someone who's holding a, a legitimately nice Mike yeah, Williams, like a Mike White card. Solid Mike uh, White card here. <laughs> yeah, out of 99, out of that 2018 Prism class, you're going to have an interesting interesting window here for yourself, whether you throw that thing up uh, you know, for auction, whether you throw that thing up for buy it now. But I imagine yeah. if they come out, uh, you know, and even if they cover the 10.5 point spread and he looks okay again, plays well, hell, if they go out and win, and beat Indy on the road, and and Mike White's two and zero. Man, that thing could that thing could sell for something absurd. And and we don't talk about it enough because it's kind of just this unwritten you know unwritten code of of buying and selling and flipping in the hobby. But like you're just hoping to sell that card to someone who thinks they can flip it for even more, right? In most cases, and yeah, for the most part, <laughs> right? There's always going to be like this little little thing in the back of your head saying like can this guy beat Tom Brady? Like was everyone <laughs> right. just missing right. on him? And should I hold this card? Am I going to regret it in 20 years? But like, that's a 0.01% chance. And in all likelihood, I'm, I mean, at this point, just because I found it today and they're playing on Thursday night, I'm just going to wait and see how tomorrow plays out. Like mm -hmm. what am I going to lose 40 bucks of value? If he, sure. if he lays an egg, like at the very least, I'm going to make way more on this card even after tomorrow than I would have, you know, nine days ago. Right. So it's right. like, yes, that's pretty much what you're doing when you realize you have a card like that. Um, if, if, you know, if he really came out and just like was incredible, incredible, and like, as you said, got to win, not another 400 yards. Um, I guess I would think a little bit, a little bit longer about when I'm selling that card, but, um, sure. in all likelihood, I'm, I'm getting that card up sometime after, uh, or maybe during the game tomorrow night, honestly, mm -hmm. we'll see, we'll see how things are going. Or we spent way more time on Mike White than I thought we would. Uh, but it is an interesting case. It, it, it is. It's no, just, you're right. You're right. You know, and and these opportunities are going to present themselves in the NFL. They're going to present themselves in the NBA with names that we we may have pulled from from being involved in breaks or ripping our own wax that we're not necessarily sure what to do with. But these names are going to pop up every once in a while. Yeah, like preseason Taylor Horton Tucker exactly. and our early yep. bubble bowl bowl. Uh, yeah, these things happen in the NBA yep. all the time. Exactly right. Uh, any other names you want to mention before we kick it over to the NBA? 
Um, no, I just think it's interesting to start really monitoring these rookie quarterbacks because guys, none of them have popped, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. literally no one, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence said it, he's a game here. Zach Wilson had that one solid game. Justin Fields finally just had a, an okay game. But, um, you know, I think for now, as these products start to finally roll out a little bit, you can get some of these guys in break rooms at affordable prices. Um, you know, Panini absolute just came out, which is not a very good product, but what, the, what Panini likes to do with some of these products is uh, sprinkle in some of the biggest chase cards. So, so you want to go buy the box. So like a sucker like me would go spend $400 on a Panini absolute box just so you can get your house yourselves a hand on, uh, on a kaboom. Right. So this is Daniel Jones's kaboom from, from two years ago in a PSA. Those, 10. those cards are so they're, sick. They're so sick. Yeah, and, um, they are. so I was actually buying up some bears, absolute stuff in break rooms because the bears I which for whatever reason were just like the cheapest of these five teams and available and i was like let me get just do it if i hit a justin fields kaboom awesome uh, i did not hit one but you know the 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 thesis remains um you while none of these guys have really broken out is you're going to be able to get in on some of these products for a cheaper price point until some of them do and one of them one of these guys is going to hit not all five of them are going to be bust sure and probably multiple will so um you know mac jones looks okay so take it for what it is <laughs> it is it is an interesting class to look at and i'm very excited to get my hands on some of this product and and hopefully some of that comes out soon as we mentioned a few episodes back we're going to have uh nfl dappers products so we're hopefully going to have some of that hopefully by the end of the year i think that's been pretty mum on you know what 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 to expect from them as well but as you mentioned absolute coming out hopefully prism and mosaic and some of the higher end stuff is is on the horizon for us as well but let's transition to where you're spending a majority of your time this season right now. You're deep, deep, deep in the NBA streets, as I mentioned off the front, killing it for anyone that's subscribing to the DFS and the props product. Highly recommend that if you guys haven't checked that out yet. Where do you want to start with the NBA? Because it's been a wild, wild, wild start to the basketball season. Anywhere that you want to kick things off with? Uh, yeah, where should we start? Where should we start? Um, let's start with rookies. That's I think that's yeah. a, that's a fun place yes. to start because we haven't had uh, any 21, 22 products yet, um, ex with the exception of like some collegiate stuff, which mm -hmm. that it looks like it's going to be that way for a while. Just to sidebar real quick while we you know kind of weave into the, the product talk, but it's crazy the release calendar right now. I mean we we are still getting 2021 new releases on a pretty regular basis. I think they just announced that Mosaic 2021 isn't coming out till December 1st. Uh, we still have Panini 1 and 1 after that sometime in December. Flawless hasn't been announced yet. So we're going to hit 2022, and we're still getting last year's like LaMelo Balls type rookie stuff. Who knows when we're going to get this 21-22 stuff. Um, you know, NFTs seem to be on the horizon for that, but not the not the physical product. So I think it's worth, you know, if you're an NBA collector, you really got to watch which the you know which rookies are doing well because we're going to get half season, three quarters of a season sample size before some of their flagship rookies start coming out, which is uh, a different way to invest. So for me, I, and, and just for anyone, the two biggest names so far have been very clearly uh, Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. So actually, number three and number four overall picks, Evan Mobley, kind of a, a power forward center for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, Scotty Barnes, kind of a you could call him like a two through four for the Raptors. Um, you know, really but NBA ready right off the bat. Very, very impressive starts to their seasons. Uh, definitely guys that I'm going to be looking to invest in when the cards come out. Number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham, uh, has not played much yet. Just played a second NBA game tonight to not much avail. He, um, I, I'm actually curious how much minute, how many minutes he played because we were projecting him for like 22 or so, but he only scored six points. Um, and, you know, you expect him to, to get going there, but it looks like overall a solid batch of rookies so far. So I'm really just excited to see how those guys progress and what their cards look like when they do hit the streets finally. 
Yeah, this class seems pretty deep. Uh, again, I haven't gotten super deep as I'm mostly focusing right now on NFL, but but keeping up with your guys' content, uh, keeping up with Gallagher's matchups column, uh, I fully agree with you on on your assessment of Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley, two guys that seem pro-ready. Uh, looking at the odds right now, Scotty Barnes is plus 400 for Rookie of the Year, Evan Mobley plus 550. I think those are pretty good odds on, on two guys that seem very likely to win the award. And we are going to have product coming out soon uh, in, in some form or fashion. It appears that Top Shot Series 3 is ready to mm-hmm. roll. It, think, it looks like that is going to be coming out, at least from a base perspective, on Thursday, November 4th. So depending on when you guys are listening to this episode, hopefully you've had a chance to get your hands on some of that product. And then for the first time ever, uh, you mentioned it, Panini, they don't have the physical product ready yet, but they will debut their first major collectible line on their blockchain platform as NFTs arrive before the physical cards. So I've had a chance to look at those a little bit. It looks like, you know, your your standard Prism product, a few design changes from last year, but your first opportunity to get your hands on Panini's Prism product is going to be through their NFT line. So it looks like that is going to launch tomorrow. This may not be out in time for you guys to have listened to that, but uh, would recommend keeping an eye on how that drop goes. If there's going to be a shift from Panini's physical line to their NFT line, more focus on their NFTs, maybe there's some growth there. Uh, ready? I, you guys say you're, you're ready for conspiracy, Gary? Go for it. I I, uh, hear it. I, I very much wonder if if Panini schedule schedule this NFT release to go right in time with Top Shot Series three, right? Oh baby, um, I don't think that they wanted oh, baby. the first pro uniform stuff of these rookie like these rookie moments or NFTs or cards, whatever you want to say, to be coming from Top Shot. Um, I think they look at them as as a threat for sure, which they are, you know, in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I know for me. Uh, looking to get my hands on some of the stuff of like Evan Mobley or or Scotty Barnes or Jalen Green or whatever, um, that I would be turning to Top Shop before I turn to the tops and I mean the Panini NFT. Uh, so I don't know what kind of rookies we're expecting out of Series Three right off the bat, the general packs. But I'm excited about it because you know Panini, you know, obviously backlogged with getting any real product out uh, at this point for for physical cards. So I'm I'm excited to look for for Top Shot Series 3 and I think Panini's kind of shuffling over there thinking what could we do? We're going to throw out these tops. Sorry, I keep saying tops. These Panini NFT Prism cards that look just like last year's cards. Um and you know, I'm I'm not excited about it at all personally. I don't know I don't know what you think. Yeah, I mean as you mentioned, just just from an overall aesthetic uh and feel from what we get from the Panini product it does feel a lot like last year's product overall. And I know that the, the NFT cards are meant to match the physical cards, but uh, not much design change from that perspective, uh, which which isn't very exciting, unfortunately. Um, as far as Top Shot goes, though, uh, I am very excited. Uh, I, we've, we've talked about it in the past that we're both very excited for these kind of digital moments. The digital highlights are very exciting. Are you ready for me to read off to you the rookie moments that will be available in the first series three base set drop on November 4th. Yes, absolutely. All right. Ready? Drum, drum roll. Davion Mitchell, Sacramento Kings. Great, great prospect. Love that. He's, he's, uh, I think lit it up to the, to, uh, higher than anyone expected of him to, to start. I know he's been a defensive menace. He's been, he's been solid. Sacramento's like used him to close games. A lot of times they've done three guard rotations with Halliburton and Fox. So uh, he, they got big plans for him. He's a good little player. I'm going to save the best for last. Uh, We're going to go to one Josh Christopher Houston Rockets. 
had an All exciting right. rookie had an exciting rookie draft uh, class. The Rockets that is that we were both excited about: Alperin Shingun, Jalen Green, Josh Christopher was a part of that. An exciting young prospect, number twenty four overall selection of last year's draft class. Uh, yep. I think there's was some upside in, there. There's some upside. Was, was good in preseason for sure. Mm-hmm. People were excited. For sure. Uh, Moses Moody. We all remember Kendrick Perkins struggling with Moses Moody's name on draft <laughs> night. Golden State Warriors. Uh, there hasn't been hasn't been much opportunity for one Moses Moody, has there? No, not yet. But you never like just I, I, I don't doubt that Warrior system. Like, look what they've made Jordan Poole into. And, you know, I mean, Jordan Poole also made Jordan Poole into him. But you know what I mean? Uh, they, they have a good talent, uh, you know, evaluation system and a good uh, talent development system. So. I'm, I'm going to whisper this next guy because I'm a closet Duke Blue Devils fan. Get the hell out of here. Is that right? Yes. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I'm as a Maryland Terrapin, I can't say I'm happy about that. Coach. I know. I know. That's why I have to whisper that. Uh, Jalen Johnson, Atlanta Hawks okay. is in this yep. set. Yep. Plenty of, right. plenty of upside there. Two big names coming up next. Jalen Suggs, Orlando Magic. Are Very we still nice. excited about Jalen Suggs at this point? Yeah, we're still excited. Jalen Suggs right now, if like NBA cards are coming out, would be compared to uh, like Trey Lance or something, right? Like just mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. disappointing. Hasn't hit the, you know, uh, looks a little bit small out there. Maybe not ready for for the game, but you know, you try going to play point guard for the Orlando Magic and see how that goes <laughs> for you. So I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm still bullish on Suggs long term. I'm a little bit disappointed to see how slow the game looks for him so far this uh, to his NBA career. But you know, it's not easy being a rookie in the NBA, getting asked a lot of you. So I, I think Suggs could be all right still. And saving the best for last, the guy you just mentioned, possible rookie of the year, uh, stepped into a massive role. Looks like a legitimate player from the very jump. Evan Mobley, Cleveland Cavaliers. Nice. Very that's, excited. That, he's that's he's my the, chase. The, the clear chase of this this first base set drop so very 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 excited about that uh just some some metrics behind the drop the first series three drop will be nine dollars common set editions from four thousand to sixty thousand cc so as we mentioned we knew that some of these um second year players some of these veterans they're gonna the the mint runs for these series three and beyond moments are going to be pretty damn high which is to be expected um so you're not you're no longer going to get the lebrons minted at fifteen thousand. 40,000. You're going to get these things minted at 50, 60, 75, 100,000 and beyond, just so Topshot can ensure that collectors, uh, people that don't have necessarily the largest bankroll, can get their hands on players that they enjoy. However, they are keeping that three star rookie, as we kind of talked about in the past, the, the Topshot debut for these rookies minted at 4,000. So for someone like Evan Mobley, if you want to get your hands on Evan Mobley, there's only going to be 4,000 of those ever minted. The first Topshot debut moments. Jalen Suggs and so on and so forth. So these these early on rookies and and we've talked about this in the past. There's some correlation there with the hobby with these being the coveted moments from Top Shot. Still going to be minted pretty 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 low. So what are your what are your thoughts on just kind of the addition size, if you will, of this series three base set drop, the price, the names, any other takeaways from Top Shots? Yeah, I mean can't com- can't complain can't complain about the price for nine dollars for the base packs. That's cool. Like, no problem. No issues there. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Again, I think we spoke a little about this. I'm fine with the four thousand, you know, triple badge type stuff for the rookies. That's that's good. I don't have much of a comment on the print size for the other moments in this set. I'm sure there'll be some cool LeBron stuff or whatever, you know, high end names that will sell for something. But I'm not expecting those to be high value moments. You're you're chasing those uh, four thousand, you know, rookie moments in this stuff for the most part. I'm sure there'll be some cool highlights from the beginning part of the season, end of last season that might be uh, worth you know collecting, but. Um, um, you know, I, I am curious to you, actually, I I, I want to know, do you think there? what's the strategy here? Right. So say you get a pack. Unfortunately, you don't pull your Evan Mobley card. Um, 
how do you go about acquiring one? Do you do you try to look the second it hits the marketplace? Is that when it's going to be cheapest? Um, do you wait for that to settle in? Do you wait for more to be pulled out of packs? Like, what is there a strategy here? If I want to, if I'm if I'm said, hey, no matter what, I'm getting an FMO by the end of this week. What what should I do? No, you you've talked about this point too with physical product, right? When when the release is hot is when it's time to sell. Yeah. So maybe, maybe right when the marketplace reopens after the pack drop, you can hit one of these things fairly cheap when somebody doesn't quite understand what prices are going to settle in as. But I think as people understand the 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 desire, the demand for someone like Evan Mobley, for someone like Jalen Suggs, for someone like Davion Mitchell, you're going to see those prices rise. They're going to settle in. And then maybe 72, 96 hours or a week after or after the drop, you're going to see those kind of fall off. As more people are listing, as more people are trying to undercut the floor, as more people are just trying to take a profit on their pack, then you're going to see those prices start to fall. So if you get a $9 pack and you don't get the moments that you're looking for and you want one of those Evan Mobley moments, I wouldn't buy right away. I wouldn't buy right away. Now, I, you could end up being wrong there. Maybe the prices continue to soar and then they level off for somebody like Mobley. But I think you're going to see kind of this natural progression where they kind of settle into what is expected initially. And then as all those packs get opened up, as all those people list to take their profits from their pack instantly, you're going to start to see that level off. And I think you can attest to this in the physical card space too, that that's kind of how that works out when you see these lower end products, especially, um, you know, just looking at like the UFC, going back to the UFC, like Select and Chronicles, you see that stuff kind of hot from, from when the product is first released and then it levels off as more of that product hits the market. So if you want to get your hands on Evan Mobley, I wouldn't recommend hitting the marketplace immediately after the drop. I would kind of wait to see where those prices settle in on settle in at. And then I think they'll level off a little bit as more people list. Great advice. Makes total sense to me. And um, yeah, that is my plan. I plan on getting my hands on one eventually. I yeah. don't know if it's going to be the next well, for the next week or, or whatever, maybe over the next month. But uh, as those hit the marketplace, uh, there's a place for that in my collection because I'm very, very, very excited about Evan Mobley. I mean, he is... He's like 18, 19, so polished. I mean, he can yep. guard the way he the way he switches on on bigs, can guard wings, um, and just his offensive game too. He's very smooth, and he's he's just got a long way to go. Uh, Cavs, frisky little team. So they are yeah, Lis listening yeah. to guys like you and Gallagher and Dink and you know other podcasts like uh, Bill Simmons. A lot of these, a lot of these uh, media personalities, if you will, if you want to throw yourself into that ring. Uh, very no, excited. Me. Very excited about Evan Mobley, so I am as well, just by by default. Uh, yes, I want to get my hands on an Evan Mobley moment by hopefully the end of the weekend. We'll see. We'll see where prices settle in at. Yeah, let's end there. Gary Hartman, meaty personality. Um, it's a good, it's a good place to end. And uh, <laughs> now enjoy enjoy the Top Shot releases. Enjoy NFL. Enjoy NBA. Um, what do we got? Anything else, Cody? No, this was this was fun. Uh, we, I I like the fact that we get a victory lap because we're in a business where we lose quite often. Um, so when when we do hit, when we have our victories, whether it be DFS, whether it be sports betting, whether it be player props, obviously we're here for sports cards. But uh, when we hit big in sports cards, we kind of need to take a moment to pat ourselves on the back and talk through the process. I think the process on someone like RJ Barrett. I think the process on someone like Hamza Chemaev was correct. We're going to try and continue to bring that analysis to you guys. Um, week in and week out and with that said we will be back next week if you've been wanting some more kind of evergreen content if you've been wanting some more of investment style content if you've been wanting some more of the market has changed a lot over the last three to six months how are you guys going about making your purchases now versus six months ago or a year ago or two years ago um, we're going to bring that to you guys we want to talk about the decisions that we're making now 
when we're buying versus some of the decisions that we were making even you know something like six months ago or a year ago because a lot has changed since then so if you've been wanting some more of that type of content we will be bringing it to you next week and on that front we will leave you until we see you again i am cody he is gary good luck everybody see you later congrats to the braves